0: I'm Pastor Philip Jackson, and this is the Married Now What podcast. Our goal is to provide young couples with the resources they need to build their lives on the truth of God's Word. We are so glad that you're here. Let's get to the lesson. Whose voice can Alright, um, how many of you were here last week? I'm just curious. Raise your hands. Grant, thanks for coming back. Deidre did a great job. She helped me teach last week. Um, just um, quickly, let me, let's do a two-minute review of kind of what we went over last week. We talked about Proverbs 22.6, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We really camped out on what that word train means. Train is from the, uh, the original word is hanak, and uh, it means literally to initiate. Uh, we talked about how you get a, a calf to, to suck a bottle if it, if it doesn't, uh, you know, if its mom has died or, has you know, won't, won't nurse the baby. How you massage the tongue, and so that's really the picture of what it means to initiate with your children to get them to begin to do the things that they need to do. It also means uh, to narrow or to throttle, and that's when Deidre poured, got all of the salt in the salt shaker, didn't spill any of it because of the funnel, because of the funnel aspect. And then also to discipline. We talked about the fact that as parents our responsibility is to uh, give control um, and direction <clears throat> to our children. And uh, we said that each, each child has their own set of abilities, interests, and aptitudes. And um, so your job is, even though maybe you didn't make it into Major League Baseball, is not to push them to the point that they are the greatest little leaguers uh, ever. So um, that, that pretty much is what we talked about with respect to train. Now, the other thing that I did was uh, I kind of introduced the seven stages of life and we talked a little bit about the foundation stage. How many of you brought those sheets back? Okay, you get an A today, okay. (laughs) I happen to have, Levi, if you'll help me, um, I brought some more copies of that because I'm going to give you some additional information and I think there's only about a dozen so um, can you okay we're going to look at those and then we're going to begin uh, to look at discipline and correction We run out, we'll get a few more in just a second. I'll tell you, while we're doing that, I uh, let me just share with you there there are actually seven different stages of life, and there are different things that God uses in those different stages to teach us um, and different and there's different character qualities that He wants to develop. There's the foundation stage which I'm going to give you more information on uh, this morning. Then next week, I'm going to give you information on what we call the training stage. That's from age 6 to 12. And there are 14 more character qualities that God wants to build in a person's life. And out of curiosity, did anybody in here have children ages 6 to 12? Okay, great. Ages 6 to 12, that's what that'll cover. Let me tell you, You may, yours may be from birth to six, but before long, you blink three times and they're already at that next stage, okay? Um, Blink six times and they're at the skill stage, which is 12 to 18 or 20. Then there is the apprentice stage, which is from age 20 to 30, and from there um, is the ministry stage, which is 30 to 50. And the council stage, which is 50 to when you check out. So kind of a sobering fact is this first stage. um, This first stage is just 312 weeks. Now, that sounds like a lot, but that's only six years. And so. That's why we really need to be on task and um, laying that foundation. We good? Okay. That's why we need to really be on task. Then the next stage, which is that training stage, that's another six years. That's another 312 years. That, that next stage, when they're in their teenage years, is another 312 years. I mean weeks, so a total, it'll, wait a minute, when you get to the teenage stage, it will seem like it. So I know 936 months sounds like a lot, but it goes so quick, okay, you won't believe. All right, you have your sheet in front of you, we're going to start, and we're going to go through, and I'm going to, for the sake of time, because we've got a number of things that I want us to cover. I'm going to give you a reference, okay? A scripture reference for each one of these. And then what I want you to do, your homework is going to be this week to go through and look up these 12 references and see how they tie in to to each one of these characteristics, okay? Character qualities. So, attentiveness. Attentiveness is kind of the opposite of unconcern, okay? So you want your child to, to have concern for, every, for certain things and to be attentive. And our verse for that is Hebrews 2.1. Okay? So jot that down. Look it up this week. Hebrews 2.1. The next one is obedience. Why, just out of curiosity, why do you think obedience is so important? Why is it so important for you to teach that to your children? Because they're little <laughs> sinners. Okay, that's great. They are. They are little sinners. And you know what? I think the first step for them to learn obedience to God is from birth to six if they learn it at home. Okay? And, uh, and we're going to get into some detail about how you help them learn to be obedient um, a little bit later. So, obedience, our, our verse for that is going to be 2 Corinthians 10.5. And so what's, what's the opposite of obedience? The opposite of obedience, you can jot this down, is willfulness. Okay? Willful, willfulness. I want what I want. You know, a matter of fact, I was in my quiet time this morning. I thought this was very interesting. <laughs> and it really goes right along with this. Talking about the children of Israel. In Psalm 78, 18, Scripture says, and in their heart, they put God to the test by asking for food that suited their taste. Not what God provided for them, but for the food that suited their taste. And then later it says that uh, anger also mounted against Israel because they did not believe God. They didn't believe God. They didn't. They were not um, grateful to God, and they did not trust in His salvation. So. Um, so what we want to do is we want to get that willfulness out of them. We want them to learn to be obedient. Okay? The next one is contentment. And contentment, it's contentment versus covetousness. Okay? Coveting. Not being not being content or pleased with what's been provided for them, but always looking around and always wanting um, wanting something different, wanting something else. Do you know adults that are that way? Yeah, yeah. We have to be really, really careful of that. Need to look and, and really learn to appreciate what God's provided for us. First Timothy 6:8 is your verse for that one. Contentment. The next one is orderliness. And that's versus disorderliness or messiness or just, you know, um, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, orderliness. And that's basically preparing myself and my surroundings so that they can achieve the greatest efficiency. The verse for that is 1 Corinthians 14.40. Orderliness. You know, I I will share with you um, what that means is, especially at this age, is let the kids play, let them get the toys out, let them do you know, what kids need to do, but when it's all over with, they need to learn to pick up and to put up. And I can remember with my oldest son, he had a hard time figuring that out. And I literally, to help him understand that, I literally took his hands and I would take him over and pick up a toy and put it back in the toy box. You know, And so sometimes helping them get a real good picture, and that was even when he was really, really young. And um, you don't know him, but he's probably one of the most organized and orderly persons that I know today. And we really tried to instill that in him at a very, very early age. The next one is reverence. And reverence is um, just the opposite of disrespect. And your verses there are Proverbs 23, verses 17 and 18. Reverence, we said, is awareness of how God is working through the people and events in their life to produce character, the character of Christ in them. Reverence. The next one you should have is forgiveness. And forgiveness is basically the opposite of rejection. Um, someone does something uh, rather than pushing them away, rejecting them. We, we need to help our kids learn to forgive. Um, and that's basically that is clearing the record of those that have wronged you and allowing God to love them through you. Your verse there is Ephesians 4. Verse 32. Next one is gratefulness. Gratefulness versus ungratefulness. Um, And that's making known to God and others in what ways they've benefited my life. Uh, Gratitude. I... I think this is a huge one today, frankly. As I, as I look at uh, kids today, I think this is one we have really missed the boat on in trying to get them to understand <clears throat> the importance of gratitude and being grateful. 1 Corinthians 4.7 is your verse for that. We talked a little bit about this last one. Or this next one last week, and that one—that uh, one is faith. Faith versus presumption. And your verse there is Hebrews 11.1. 1. The next one is truthfulness truthfulness or honesty versus deception. And when we begin to talk about um, discipline and correction, how you ask a question of your child is of key importance. And um, for example... um, If your child has done something and you know they've done it, never ever ask them why. Never ask them why did you do that. Now I'm going to ask you why. Never ask them why. Any ideas? Because you're wanting valid rationale. And if I ask them why, you know what they're going to be tempted to do exactly to lie they're going to be tempted to um, to try to cast the uh, responsibility or the guilt away from that and we'll we'll go into detail what you should ask them when they've done something wrong later okay but truthfulness or honesty key key thing Um, and by the way they need to understand that by being honest what they're doing is they're earning future trust from you okay the verse for that Ephesians 425 next one is security security versus anxiety okay uh, and that's structuring my life around what is eternal and cannot be destroyed or taken away. And boy, do, do our kids ever need security today. John 6, 27 is your verse for that. Meekness, meekness versus anger. which is basically yielding my personal rights and expectations to God. Psalm 62.5 And finally, cautiousness. Knowing how important right timing is in accomplishing right actions, cautiousness, Proverbs 19, verse 2. So your homework this week is going to be to go through, and I would encourage you to do that as a couple. Uh, Go through and look those verses up. Foundation stage is really, really, really key. Uh, one of the key stages. And frankly, I know a lot of adults that still have not learned some of these 12 characteristics. Um, Let me share with you just... I've got got 10, and you can turn your paper over if you want to put these down. Parenting Mistakes. You know, we learn from our mistakes, don't we? Hopefully, if not, we make them again. We make those mistakes again. And the definition of uh, stupid is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So we don't want to do that. So I I just want to share with you, I've got a list of ten parenting mistakes, and these are things that we've just kind of observed and have kind of come to the front Um, over the years number one number one is not understanding the job that god's given you as a parent not understanding Um, i would encourage you uh, to have a little sign made that says training facility or training grounds or training camp whatever you want to for and then put the names of your children i mean because that is your job How many weeks do you have them? Yeah. And and in in these stages, not very many. I mean, we're talking this foundation stage, we're talking six years. You got them for six years, okay? And so they are in training camp, okay? That's your job. One of the biggest mistakes is understanding really what our job is as a parent. Number two... um, Demanding behavior instead of going through the training process. And I will say, you shared that you've been reading about how the sons of the kings did exactly what their fathers did, and that's true. There is Now, it's not exactly in these words, but if you really study Scripture, what you'll find is this principle. Monkey see... Monkey do. Okay? Now please don't go out of here and tell everybody I called all your kids monkeys. That's not what I'm saying. But they will do what you tell them to do. Here's a great case in point. One of my daughters, when she was probably two or three, I walked in the living room. She's sitting on the couch. And she's got a book. Okay? Okay? She's doing this. And I just sat there and looked at her. She kept licking that thumb and turning that page. Why was she doing that? That principle monkey see, monkey do. She didn't quite have it right, but she was trying to do what she had seen either me or Kim do demanding behavior instead of training number three um, this is a this is one that you got to really work on getting angry when you discipline your child getting angry when you discipline your child because you all have a button you guys know you all have a button don't you and sometimes your kids will push your button, and you react out of anger, and uh, and you kind of you kind of lose that uh, you lose that thought that this is a training facility. Getting angry when disciplining your child. How about this one? Number four, parenting like you were parented. Sometimes that's a mistake. Now. If you had perfect parents, that's a good deal. But, but unfortunately, I don't think any of us had perfect parents. And one of the mistakes we make is to parent the way our parents parented us. And it's interesting what we carry from our relationship and what we experienced as a child into adulthood when we have children. Uh number five is rescuing or trying to fix your kids' problems. What do you think of that? I'm just curious. Give me some feedback. Rescuing or trying to fix your child's problems. You do that, you take away them learning how to think critically and figure problems out. And then when they get older, um they will not know how to live life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And if you keep rescuing them, guess what? They're gonna expect that the rest of their life. And they never they never learn how to process the emotion of struggle or of the frustration of defeat. That's the thing about rescuing them. They don't develop those those emotional muscles mm-hmm. to be able to process their their situation. Absolutely. So when you see your kids struggling, what do you do? What do you do? Pardon? Point them to Scripture? Or ask questions. Like, I mean, I don't know what a good example would be, but like, how how could you have responded differently? Or, I I'm trying to think of an example. Critical think yeah. yeah. Thinking. So just, I mean, asking like a question like what are you feeling? Because sometimes they don't know. They don't know that they're frustrated, that they're sad, or they're tired, or they're you know, helping them develop that query where they're working through like why am I feeling like this? Maybe I'm just hungry. Yeah. Maybe I'm tired. Yeah we told our girls, is that it's okay to be frustrated with the situation, but you can't be sure with other people. Absolutely. And I know our kids got tired of hearing this question, but I would often ask, well, um, so what did we learn from this? What did we learn from this? Maddie, is that true? You got frustrated (laughs) with that? Maddie, (laughs) Maddie is our baby. So rescuing or fixing your child's problems, that's a parenting mistake. You've got to let them struggle. You've got to let them figure out some things on their own. um, Or they never will. And let me tell you, life is full of those things. Number six, not praying for your child. Not praying for your child. Number seven, focus on their behavior instead of character. Focusing on their behavior instead of or rather than their character. You know, I will tell you one of the things that Kim and I always said was we wanted to raise kids that other people enjoyed being around. And you know what that takes? character that really does take character number eight not allowing them to make mistakes that's a mistake as a parent not allowing them to make mistakes now I'm not talking about mistakes that are going to um, um, that are going to hurt them physically although I will tell you, I had one son who really wanted to always go over and turn the stove on, and I tried to help him understand, you can't do that, it, it, the stove gets hot, um, and I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like a, what's a, what's worse, a first or third degree burn? Third degree, third degree. okay. So, I didn't, I didn't want to let him touch it to the point that he had a third degree burn, But I did want him to understand, you don't turn the stove on and then touch it because it's hot. And so I finally let him realize that's why. And so he put his hand, he pulled his hand back really quick. Um, So don't, you know, don't rescue your kids to the point that you don't allow them to make some mistakes. Um. i think another another mistake that we make is sometimes and we're going to get more into this is we fail to explain what our expectations are okay and by the way you understand that all of these things can relate completely back to how god parents us okay that's why even if you don't have kids at this point this is good information. And um, the last one that I'll share with you is um, inconsistent discipline. Inconsistent discipline. Now, um, some research was done with a number of teenagers and they were asked to share um, really things that were a real problem to them with respect to their parents, things that they, that they wished their parents would address or stop doing or start doing what they felt like were really real issues, things they wanted their parents to do. Um, I'm going to share those. You don't have to write these down, but just. Yeah, i mean if one of them sticks out to you you can jot it down but here's what these teenagers said number one was parents they want parents who don't argue in front of them now they listed that but as i you know if we had in our house if we had something that we needed to resolve we wouldn't let that blow up in front of our kids we would get in private and we would we Resolve that. However, um, I, I, th- I think we do a disservice to our kids to think that mom and dad were always on the same page. And I think it's okay for them to realize that there can be differences. Okay? Um, so, number one was uh, parents who don't argue in front of them. Number two, parents who treat each family member the same raise your hand if in your family there was more than you if you had siblings and you felt like you knew who your parents favorite was get your hand down <laughs> <laughs> that your parents had a favorite yeah man that you know you we have 7 kids we treat each of those kids differently. And you treat each of your kids differently. But I'll tell you, if you give one kid a piece of pie that is this big and another kid a piece that is this big, they're going to pick up on that. Okay, And that's why number two is number two. Number three, uh, parents who are honest. Parents who are honest. To me, the most important thing when it's all said and done and they nailed me in the little box and plant me in the ground is I want my kids to be able to say what he said was exactly what he lived. Okay. He was, he was who he projected that he was. So be honest. And let me tell you, your kids hear you talk to other people and if the story that they saw at home was different than what you're telling other people, they pick up on that. They really do. Be honest. Number four, parents who are tolerant of other, other people. Now, that word tolerant, I think at that time meant something a little bit different than what it means today. I, I would substitute the word respect. For the word tolerant at that point number five uh, parents who welcome their kids friends into their home just out of curiosity did your parents do that for you didn't your friends were not welcome I think they I think I think your kids their friends they want to see that they are welcome uh, in your home and that you're going to accept them uh, and you're going to treat them with respect. That seemed to be a big deal to them. Um, parents who build a team spirit with their children. I have no idea what exactly what that means, but I think that means that you work together, that you do things together. Um, here, This is a big one. Parents who answer their questions. Parents who answer their questions. What do you think of that one? Did your parents answer your questions? Did you even ask them the questions? It's real easy to, yeah, go ask your mom. Go ask your dad. Parents who answer their questions. Number eight. Parents who give punishment when needed, but not in front of others, especially their friends. Why? Why is that big? That is huge. Pardon? It is. It is embarrassing. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about uh, discipline and correction. That's a huge one. yeah I think it attaches shame yes to the exactly way. that's the bottom line thing really it's an issue of shame um, we have two more and then we're out of here because um, we're out at 10:15 correct number nine um, parents who concentrate on good points, Instead of weaknesses, okay? Tell me about the good things you see in me. Don't point out my weaknesses. Um, Compliment those things that are are strengths rather than those things that you struggle with. Um, And the last one is, and this is huge, again, parents that are consistent. You know why that's big? Because if you're not consistent, they have no idea. They have no idea what to expect. Not only that, when you read through Scripture, God is so consistent. If He wasn't, just think of the children of Israel. They would have no clue what to expect from God. All right, next week I will give you the sheet that will have the next stage Those, uh, I think it's 14 characteristics or character qualities, and then we'll begin to look at discipline and correction. Okay? If you enjoyed this episode please be sure to like and subscribe to our content we are available on spotify apple podcasts and wherever you find your favorite podcasts the married now what podcast is a ministry of evergreen church in tulsa oklahoma and is meant to be a resource for in-depth bible study for couples striving to build their lives on the truth of god's word for more information and additional lessons please visit our website evergreenbc.org